Hello, my name is Steph Baker, and my project is about parenting non-gender conforming children and how parents can contribute to being a supportive parent of their child's gender identity. As a child growing up in the 80s, gender identity was not a discussion that was out there in the world. And if you skewed away from your identity stereotype, you were just a tomboy or a boy who was a little girly. For me, I never fit in with the socially constructed image of what a girl looks like or acts like. My mom steered me towards the girls' department, and I gave in occasionally, but tried to get her to the boys' department whenever I could. If that didn't work, I would steal my stepfather's flannel tops or t-shirts to wear when I was in high school. It wasn't that I wanted to be a boy, I just wanted to be me. In my own mind as a child, I made up another identity for myself that I named Kevin. This was the person that was the other part of me that I could not express to the world. That's how I dealt with my gender identity, and probably my sexual identity. Now I have my own child, who is eight years old and struggling with the same issues. The difference is that she is growing up in a more progressive time with, I hope, more progressive parents that allow her to express herself however she chooses. Ellie, as we named her, also goes by Elliot. Most of her homework comes home as Elliot, but she fluctuates back and forth at this point with ease. Her style, dress, personality are her own. Many would say Ellie is a tomboy, as she is often mistaken for a boy out in public. We say she is Ellie or Elliot. Ellie is a girl who does not fit the gender stereotype. So many people want to make her choose a side. She is eight years old and she doesn't have to choose a side. She can be who she wants to be and we will support her either way. So this is where we dive into the complexities that make this so hard for people to understand and manage. What happens to those who do not fit into gender stereotypes and how do we as parents support them in who they are as individuals? In my podcast, I will discuss with you some studies that have been done in the last decade or so on how parents observe, manage, and educate themselves on their child's gender nonconformity. I will be interviewing my partner, Nancy, who is a parent and also a step-parent to my children. I also interviewed my own daughter, Ellie, who is gender nonconforming. These interviews serve as real-life experiences of a parent and child who have learned how to navigate gender variance, which is an ongoing process in our home. My first interview is with my partner of six years, Nancy. Nancy has two children of her own and is helping me to raise my two children as well. So here is my interview with Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi. So I have a few questions. We're going to talk about some strategies for coping with gender variant children. Uh, So what are your thoughts or experiences on the following strategies? And we'll start with gender hedging. Okay, I feel like gender hedging hasn't really been an issue in our household. Like, Ellie's always been allowed to express herself through her style, which is so important to her. And um, I guess the one thing I do feel like has changed is that now that she's getting older, we don't allow her to go topless in public spaces, like at the lake and the pool. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed the other day she was out front with the boys with our two sons, and they were playing basketball. And she had her shirt off and then she tucked it in and did like the, like a halter halter top thing. thing. And I don't know if that was her recognizing like she was uncomfortable or what, but that was an interesting. I noticed that too. And then in the backyard where nobody else can see, she was fully topless. Yeah. And then she got in front where the neighbors can see and she, she changed it. She changed her mind. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, So then we go on to gender literacy. So I feel really fortunate that as gay moms, we're already part of this community that's pretty comfortable with 
gender variant humans, and I think that kind of gives us an advantage over traditional like heterosexual couples. It's pretty easy to find people and resources and stuff like that, but I don't think it's that way for a lot of parents. And I also think it's helpful that she has siblings that it's kind of a non-issue. It's never been something they think about. They have classmates similar to her. Yeah, so. the siblings have actually been more of a support than even we have at times. I think yeah. they're very supportive of her. Yeah, and sometimes they come to me and they're like, Ellie said this, and stuff that she would never say to us. Yeah, you know, yeah, about exactly. how she feels about her gender that it's been pretty interesting at times. And I don't think it was a complete, I mean, while we let her experience, you know, it was not a complete outside of our world to have a gender variant yeah. child or to see that someone doesn't match their gender, you know, just because we know so many people yeah, like that. But raising one is different. The raising one is definitely different. One, for sure. For sure, very different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even I have had some, uh, not issues, but it's been a learning process for me. Yeah. So then the last one would be playing along. So playing along. Ellie, Ellie's not offended when she's mistaken for a boy. Like no. I've never seen her be offended. In fact, I think she kind of likes it. But there have been situations where she wanted people to think she was a boy, and we just sort of rolled with it. But so far she hasn't expressed any desire to be referred to with male pronouns or anything like that. So we still call her she and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and she never corrects that. She, no. And I think that's that would be a different conversation to have with her when when and if that happens. But, but then now, there are times in public when someone calls her a boy and she just kind of gets this little smile. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I've kind of learned not to correct that in a way because that she'll be like, Mom. Yeah. Like she just, you just go with it. Yeah. And just, I kind of stop using pronouns at that point and just let them do it. Mm -hmm. And they either figure out that she's not a boy or they just probably most of the time just keep going with it because she yeah. comes across that way. Okay, so another question, what are your concerns or worries for not just Ellie, but for all gender variant children? I think my biggest concern is safety. I feel pretty lucky that we live in a fairly liberal community, but I know it's not that way everywhere. And even in our community, I've had situations where I felt not necessarily unsafe, but just more that somebody could say something that would be traumatizing or harmful or just really inconsiderate. And, um, and that concerns me because those things are damaging too. Yes. And I think we, we did have that experience with Ellie and I think she was a, a kinder first grader and in the bath girls bathroom and three girls that were older than her uh, saw her shoes and they judged her on her shoes and said, why are you a boy in the bathroom? And Ellie locked herself in the stall and cried and wouldn't come out until they were gone. Yeah. And it caused issues. Yeah. Where she was from then on. Yeah. She would stop going to the bathroom at school. Generated anxiety about, yeah, using the restroom and yeah. So then, now, Ellie is a girl who dresses, you know, a little on the boy side, who comes across as very boyish. How do you do? You think you'd feel differently if your child was a boy displaying gender variant traits? I think I'd be more worried about social opportunities. Like right now, it's not uncommon to see girls that that are able to kind of fit into traditional boy activities, mostly like sports. But yes. um, 
think it'd be different if you had a boy child that identified as female to be accepted into certain groups, the Girl Scouts or <clears throat> different clubs that were, you know, designed for little girls. But yes. It could yeah. be wrong. I don't know how the parents, you, you know, would feel about that because we have different ideas about little girls and little boys that are so ingrained. Yeah, I imagine in my own thoughts of that, it would be a lot harder if if Jake were expressing these female traits. I don't yeah. know if, if the outside world would, would just, they look at Ellie like, oh, she's a tomboy. Yeah. The, you know, and it's kind of blown off in that way. And for a boy, unfortunately, I think it's kind of looked at differently. Yeah. But not that I wouldn't support him just the same. It just would be maybe more of an uphill battle. For sure. I think so too. So the last question, how do we change the traditional views on gender roles and identity to allow or to educate people on the gender spectrum? I hope that through more exposure to gender variant humans, like right now we're seeing more and more like political figures and people using they, them on their Instagram profiles. And um, like lately I read an article and they used neutral pronouns through the whole article which wow. which was even weird for me to read i'm just you know you're so used to seeing she or he and they used they them throughout yes. the entire article even though you knew it was about a woman and i think that it's it just becomes normalized it's yes what we expect and i think it helps people realize that like gender variant humans people identify in different ways is more common yes. than they thought i'm i think it's much more common and i i'm interested when I started Western, it was my first experience really with the different pronouns. Mm -hmm. And now to me, it's norm. It's, you know, everyone puts their pronouns on maybe their Zoom or their name. And at first I was taken back by that, but now it's, it's the yeah. norm. And it's pretty new. I mean, it's yeah. just the last few years that that's been, been a thing. So it's, it's just interesting to see how people are so <clears throat> willing and ready to accept that as yeah. the new normal and it'll be interesting to see where it goes you know yeah at least eight i know by the time she's 18 it, so much yeah so much so is much gonna is going to change all right well thanks nance thank you in an online survey conducted by lee spivey david hubner and lisa diamond at the university of utah they gathered 236 parent responses to gender questions concerning their 156 children through a community online survey. This research was done in 2016. The researchers gathered information on the frequency of gender nonconforming behaviors of the respondents' children, their own gender traits, attitudes towards gender, parenting style and discomfort, and or attempts to change their child's gender nonconforming behavior. The study looks to identify characteristics of parents who may discourage nonconformity and would benefit from gender affirmative education programs. Parenting styles have more to do with not only how the parents handle gender variance, but how the children themselves choose to express gender. The parents answered various questions pertaining to attitudes towards gender roles, their own atypical gender traits, the child's report of parenting behavior inventory, which measure, measures parental warmth and psychological control, their children's gendered or non-gendered behavior patterns, and their response to their own child's gender nonconformity. 
The results of the study reported that the most fre frequently endorsed behavior was the child's preferring other sex children as their favorite playmates. This was the most frequent endorsed behavior of parents of boys specifically. Among girls, the most frequent was their daughter playing boy-type games instead of girl-type games. The study showed that similar to other studies, fathers and mothers are less likely to try and change their girls' non-gender conforming behavior than boys. A study done by E.W. Kane in 2009 used qualitative, qualitative research that showed some parents even encourage or support gender non-conforming behaviors and interest in their daughters. The most interesting result of this survey is that parents reported being more comfortable and less likely to attempt to change gender non-conforming behaviors if their child engaged in them more frequently. This is the case especially if their child is a boy with gender variance. The more they vary from their typical gender script, the less likely the parent will try to change the behavior. In my research, I also found an interesting article published in the Family Process Journal by Jean Malpass, LMFT, LMHC, in 2011. In her work, she uses something called the Multidimensional Family Approach, or MDFA. MDFA supports gender nonconforming children and their parents through parental coaching and education, support groups, and child and family therapy. Many of the parents that reach out for help already have a supportive stance on their child's gender variance and understand the concept of gender as fluid and not a rigid binary. These parents straddle the line between protecting and accepting their children's gender variants and dealing with the gender norms of society and those closest to them. This family approach allows the parents to educate themselves and others on gender fluidity. Also, the children receive education and support for their own emotional needs. My next interview is with my eight-year-old daughter, Ellie. As you can tell, Ellie is the reason I am so interested in the subject of gender in children and my motivation for wanting to be an informed parent. This was one take and I had no idea how she would respond. This is how I would hope all children could express themselves without restriction or judgment. Now, here is Ellie. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Do you mind if I ask you some questions today? I don't mind. Okay, so I had you fill out just a few questions on a sheet of paper. I asked you what your name was. What's your name? And you wrote, Mommy. go ahead. Ellie Baker. Ellie Baker. And I said, what do you like to be called? I like to be called Elliot. You do like to be called Elliot. Okay. So how do you decide what name you want to use? Um, I kind of just... Um, tell someone, like, I prefer this instead of this. Yeah. How do you decide when to use that? Just by whenever you feel like it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, at school, what do you like to be called at school? Um, um, I prefer Ellie at school a lot. Do you? Yeah. Okay. What do you write on your papers at school? I write Elliot on my papers, but people call me Ellie more often. Do they? And then on this questionnaire, it says there was an option for, you know, are you a boy, girl, other, or prefer not to say? Kind of like it was a questionnaire. And you marked girl. Yes. Right. You are a girl. Okay. So, Ellie, who are your best friends? Um, some of my best friends are, like, Tucker and Silas. Tucker and Silas, yeah. Um... Who else? Um, I'm also really good friends with um, 
I'm also really good friends with um, Lucas, maybe. Yeah, I'm really good friends with yeah. Luke. Do you have any like girls that are good friends? Um. Yeah. Um. I've known Olivia for a while. You have? Do you play with her? Um, I actually sometimes hang out with the girls. Do you? Yeah. Well, wow. At recess. Are they nice? Cool. Nicer than the boys. Nicer than the boys, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How is that? Good. Really? Yeah. That's funny, because usually you, like, hang out after school with the boys. But at yeah. school, at school, they may not be as friendly. Yeah, they're not, well, they're not always that nice, but girls are kind of like, like, they're not so much about, like, like, what's up, bro? <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. So, uh, what kind of things do you like to do, Ellie? Um... I like to jump on my trampoline and do flips. Yeah. And I like to do like cartwheels and handstands. You do a lot. And I just, I also really like to um, um, play video games. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and uh, do you do any sports or activities like that? Yes, I. Um, Play. I've played like baseball, basketball. I've played like soccer. Yeah. Some pretty basic sports. Taekwondo. You're almost a black belt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do taekwondo too. Okay, that's cool. So, okay, this is a little different question. So, let's say you're in public and a stranger wants to see you and meet you. How would they describe you? I think they describe me as a pretty nice person yeah and um a pretty honest person yep and um a person that will kind of tell them like 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 i would tell them my gender like if they if thought, they asked yeah like if they thought are you a boy or a girl like I can't fully tell. And you would say what? I would say girl. You say I'm a girl? Okay. <laughs> so are there any times you've been mistaken for a boy in public? Um, yes. Yeah. At school. At school too? In the girls' bathroom. Oh, yes. I remember that. But like say we're at a store or something and someone calls you he or him. Do you want me to correct them, or would you rather I just, like, go along with it and, like, ignore? I would have you go along with it. You would? Yeah. Why? Because I don't really care if they call me a boy or a girl. Yeah. I, I don't mind, because I kind of like it when they call me a boy. Yeah. Because I kind of feel more like a boy. Do you? Yeah. Yes. I get that. So, do you know any other kids that are like you? That maybe um, like a boy that wears pink or is a, like I don't know. Do you know anyone else that's like you? Um. Well, not really. Yeah, not really, huh? I was thinking maybe Chance, but yeah, not really, huh? 
Yeah, Chance. Yeah, Chance is kind of like he's a boy, but he he has like pink hair, mm-hmm. and he he kind of he likes pink and purple and stuff. Yeah, which is totally cool. Yeah, I think it's cool that he likes pink and purple. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I guess I, you answer this question. What do you say to people that ask why you look or dress the way you do? Um, I do it because I think, um, I'm meant for it. Yeah. And I think I'm a person that I think I'm allowed to do it and I'm able to do it and that I can do it if I want and I can be who I want to be. That's right. That's right, Elbel. All right. Now I think I have one more question for you. Let's look into the future, and can you describe yourself as a grown-up? Like, what would you look like, and maybe what you'll be doing? Um, as a grown-up, I think, well, I'm probably not going to be able to be have so much, like, energy as I have <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe <child>. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I imagine myself... Hopefully still, like, being, I think I'll still be friends with Tucker. Yeah. Because I've known him for a while. Yeah. And, um, I think as a grown-up, I'll just, I'll be pretty similar. And I think I'll still be like this. Yeah. But I might have different colored hair. (laughs) Yeah, I know you want different colored hair. But you're still going to be you, right? I am still always going to be me. And, and I, I want to see if your job has changed. What do you want to be when you grow up? I, well, I don't want to be Rudolph. Like you don't want to be Rudolph. When, like when I was younger. Yeah, you did want to be Rudolph, huh? <laughs> um, I probably want to um, be... Uh, I want to be a dog rescuer when I grow up. That's awesome. And I want to rescue animals, and I want to help them. Yeah. And I don't want them to die. Yeah, me either. Well, Ellie, thank you for doing this interview with me. You're a pretty awesome human being. Thank you for doing this interview with you with me. An interesting research examination of felt pressure on gender development from parents, peers, and the self was done in 2019 by Rachel Cook, Matthew Nielsen, Carol Martin, and Don DeLay. Felt pressure refers to the feelings we have when we feel like we should want to do something or should act a certain way. This is why parents have such a big influence on our felt pressure. Many enforce gender norms without even thinking about their child's what their child's preference might be. Boys play with certain toys, not girl toys, dolls, things like that. Even when it comes to chores, they might be handed out in stereotypical ways. Boys are out in the yard. Girls do the dishes. Boys learn how to change the oil. Girls know how to learn how to do the laundry. Boys can also be restricted from showing too much emotion or interest in more feminine activities. In this study, 212 sixth grade boys and girls from a middle school in the southwestern U.S. 
participated in answering questions concerning their perceived familiarity to their own and the other gender group. They rated the degree to which they felt pressure to conform to gender norms from parents, peers, and the self. The results show that the boys consistently had more felt pressure than girls. They faced stricter punishments when they deviated from their gender norm. While there was a connection between pressure from parents leading to feelings of more pressure from peers, the felt pressure from parents was generally not correlated with staying within gender norms. The issue of felt pressure was of interest to me because so many parents today still raise their children with ideas of gender stereotypes in mind from a very young age. I have been guilty of it myself at times, as that's the world I grew up in. The pressure to conform is all around us, and as parents, we have the ability to change the next generation. When our sons or daughters express an interest in something outside of their gender norm, let them. Just this past weekend, my 85-year-old mother came to visit us. It's been over a year since she has seen my children. She felt it necessary to tell me in front of my 12-year-old son that he looked like a girl with his long hair. These are the stereotypes that need to be changed. A boy can have long hair. A girl can have short hair. These things do not define who we are or who we will become, which really I feel like is what people are afraid of. It's hard to make change but I hope the next generation comes away with a more open mind and a broader definition of gender. I've really enjoyed my research on this topic and I think I'll be continuing my study in this area for my own interests. On a personal level, I am one of these parents who wants to be educated and open to what's best for my child. I do feel like I have a slight advantage being that I have my own experience with gender variance. Still, it's hard as a parent to see your child struggle and be hurt by just being who they are we look into the future and wonder what's best and look for answers that we don't have yet, and that's perfectly okay. As hard as it might be, we as parents just need to be supported, supportive, educated, without judgment, and allow our children to be their own unique person. In the future, I hope that children learn about gender variance as part of their education curriculum. Learning about this from a younger age, not just from your parents, but from educators, might help make a difference in overall acceptance and to help those struggling to express themselves.